Hey everybody, I am Greg Atkins. I serve as one of the captains here on the prayer team at Coastline Church. I am beyond honored to be able to be here and to be able to spend this time with you this morning or this evening, depending on when you're watching this. Uh, with that said, we are in a season of 21 days of prayer. Uh, normally we don't do uh, pray, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And normally we don't do the fasting in August, but because of everything going on with, uh, with the social injustice, with the COVID-19 and all the challenges that we're all facing, we thought it'd be a good idea for us to humble ourselves before the Lord and add that extra fa fasting component. You can join us every day at live.coastlinechurch.org from six o'clock to seven o'clock. And you can also join our pastor, our lead pastor, Aaron, on Instagram about five minutes before for a quick hello. Uh, with that said, we are in a series, the Book of Prayers, and in this book, there are a lot of different, this, this, this book here, <laughs> uh, there are a lot of different prayers and there are a lot of different prayer formats. The power behind this book is that, uh, the reality is that if uh, more of us knew how to pray, then more of us would pray more often. And so that's really one of the, the, the best things about this book is that you get to look at different prayers and you get to deepen your prayer life by having the tracks to kind of run off of until you feel like you're confident enough to do that on your own. With that said, uh, the, the series, the theme of the series uh, stems from Ephesians 6, 18, right? Pray in the spirit in every situation and use every kind of prayer request there is. Now, this is speaking to the fact that we don't just pray at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day or when we're about to say our grace, right? We pray in every situation. We make the effort to call the Lord or to draw near to the Lord in every situation that we're in throughout the day. And we enjoy the fact that that's the relationship that we now get to have with our Father in heaven. And so use every type of prayer there is. And again, that's, that's really one of the biggest, the biggest strengths of this book is that you get to know and get to have a lot of the different prayer formats uh, that are available to you. And right now, what we're also doing in this series is teaching through a lot of the prayers that are here, right? A lot of the prayers that are in this book. And today, we're gonna be talking specifically about warfare prayers. And when I first started uh, thinking about warfare prayers, the first thing that hit me and the first thing that uh, really landed on my heart is that the last thing I want to talk about is, uh, is another battle, right? There, there's military battles going on. There are, there are health issues and health battles going on. There are political battles. There are social, there's social unrest, and that fits into all sorts of different categories. And the last thing that we want to talk about is another battle. Well, I have some good news. I have some news that you're probably not going to like too much, and then I have more good news. Good news first. Uh, my prayer for the day is to demystify spiritual warfare so that it doesn't sound like you're fighting a war or fighting an enemy that you can't actually see. And the reality is that you are, but it's a whole lot more practical than it seems when you hear the words spiritual warfare or warfare prayers. And we're going to talk about that. Um, it's, it's also my prayer that we, as we have this conversation, we'll be able to know the practical ways that this shows up in our lives. We'll be able to know the practical steps that we can take in order to go on to live the victorious lives that Jesus called us to live and to ultimately live a life that glorifies him and that helps others find him as well. And 
With that said, uh, the news that you're not gonna like so much is that you do have an enemy and that one way or another, you are involved in a spiritual battle, whether you're actively engaged or whether you're not. Unfortunately, that's just the reality of it and we have to acknowledge the fact. I love you enough to tell you that you do have an enemy and he is out to get you. Back to the good news is that you don't have to fight that war. You don't have to fight that fight alone. As a matter of fact, you don't have to fight that fight by even focusing on the fight or focusing on the battle. You engage by doing what you wanted to do when you became a Christian in the first place, which is deepening your relationship with God, deepening your relationship by being in his word, by spending time in, in small groups with other, with other brothers and sisters and other uh, fellow believers, right? Or really by praying, by doing everything that you can to really develop that relationship and really deepen the relationship that you have with the Lord. Because what we're going to find is that the spiritual battles are not actually in our circumstances. The, the battles aren't actually in our trials. And as a matter of fact, the enemy's not trying to change your circumstance for the sake of changing your circumstance. He's trying to change what you believe about God. And that's where the battle is, what you believe. And so uh, let's get into it. In, bear with me for just a second. In Philippians uh, 4, 6, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. A few key words to pick out there. First one, thanksgiving. Love thanksgiving. And in these circumstances, it's important because right now, as we're looking out at the, at the world around us and we're looking at how so many different things seem to be going in a, in a direction that's not favorable, <laughs> we need to remember what the Lord has already done for us. We need to remember that the Lord loves us and we need to remember that the Lord loves us so much that he gave his son so that we can be free, so that we can not have any more shame, so that we can be healed, and most importantly, so that we have a relationship with him that cannot be separated, that cannot be, yeah, that cannot, that's the perfect word for it, that cannot be separated, that cannot be divided, right? And when we have that confidence, then we present our request, when we present our request to God, it's obviously more powerful. That changes the way that we pray. And the next thing, the next, the next set of words, I should say, to, to kind of pull out from this, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I remember when I first started hearing about this peace of God, and it actually wasn't the peace of God. I heard a peace that transcends all understanding. And it, always, it was always in the form of a prayer. Lord, fill me with the peace that transcends all understanding. Fill this person with the peace that transcends all understanding. And when I left out the peace of God part, what I imagined was me being, and sometimes I was, and it actually never worked, me being in these tumultuous circumstances, the entire world falling apart around me, and me just kind of laying back, chilling, because I'm unaffected <laughs> by the circumstances around me. And I I'm starting to realize that I missed a huge part of it. The peace of God, our God, that is completely immortal, that has all power, 
that has all knowledge and that exists everywhere in every moment of time in existence, that peace that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts, will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. Meaning what? He will protect what we believe. He will make sure that we have his perspective, that we see things through his eyes the way that he sees things so that we see the truth in our circumstances and not what the world is trying to convince us of. Because when we see the truth and when we know the truth, um, the Lord's truth, then we take a course of action that glorifies the, that glorifies the Lord. We take a course of action that helps us accomplish the dreams that the Lord has put in our heart. We take a course of action that moves our circumstances a positive direction instead of a negative direction. But when we let a lie infect our hearts, when we let a lie infect our minds, then that leads us to make a set of decisions that throws us completely off the mark. And that's the definition of sin, missing the mark. And so the battle is not in our trials, the battle's not in our circumstances, the battle is in what we believe about our trials and our circumstances. And this is really clearly illustrated in the, uh, in the book of Numbers, chapters 13 and 14. And now for the sake of time, I'm not gonna read through both of the chapters, but here's the summary. The Lord delivers the Israelites from Egypt in the absolute most spectacular way uh, possible. And now they're in the wilderness. And while they're in the wilderness, the Lord repeats. He doesn't say it for the first time. He repeats a promise that he made to his people, which is to deliver them to the promised land. And from there, he gives Moses, he gives Moses an assignment. Send one member from each of the 12 ancestral tribes to scope out the land that I, the land of Canaan, Canaan, excuse me, that I promised to give you. And so they do that. Moses sends off the 12. Two of those 12 are Caleb and Joshua. Uh, Joshua, who goes on to succeed Moses when they walk into the promised land. And they do that. They scope out the land and they come back with the report. And they give this report to Moses, to Aaron, and the rest of the congregation. You know that land that the Lord promised us? That land flowing with milk and honey, guess what? He's right. This land is abundant, more abundant than we could have ever possibly imagined. As a matter of fact, here's some fruit from this land. It was so heavy that two of us had to carry these, these grapes back on poles. Don't know what that's about, but that's how fertile this land is, and that's how luscious this fruit is. But before you get too excited about the abundance and about how good life can be there, let me tell you this. You know those Hittites, those Amalekites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, um, the Jebusites, sorry, not the Perizzites, the Jebusites and the Canaanites? They sounded ferocious in the stories, but they didn't sound that bad. They're a whole lot more ferocious in person. Oh, and by the way, they have giants. So you see this fruit? This is the last you should ever think about the promised land because we're not going there. And because they said this in the presence of all of the, uh, of the congregation, the congregation, they lose it. They say, oh my goodness, and they get really specific. Oh my goodness, we're going to fall by the sword. And not only are we going to fall by the sword, our wives are going to be taken as plunder. Our children are going to be taken as plunder. The thought of what could possibly happen was so bad that they said, you know what? It would be better if we go back to Egypt. Let's pick a leader so that we can go back to Egypt. 
You guys, they lost the battle before they ever left the camp. What happened, right? What happened? Because the reality is that they weren't wrong, right? They weren't delusional. Their entire lives, they, they explained in slavery, 99.5% of what they saw convinced them that they were the conquered and not the conquerors. And so when you take those circumstances and you couple that with what they saw, right? Those two things together robbed them of the faith that they had in the Lord that just split the Red Sea for them to walk across it and deliver them from the Egyptians. But it is important to say that they were not delusional. And you know what? We do the same thing. We all have a past. We all have a history. And we all have what we're looking at right here and right now. And all of that combined is forming a narrative and we can either choose to believe that narrative that the world has given us, or we can choose to believe the narrative that the Lord is telling us. We can believe, choose to believe the Lord's truth. And in that moment, they decided, like, Lord's truth, what we see. Lord's truth, what we see. We're going back to Egypt. And that decision caused them to miss the mark. And in doing that, that missing of the mark, that sin, that disobedience, on their part, served to decimate an entire generation. Caleb and, jo uh, I'm sorry, not Joseph, Caleb and Joshua were the only two people out of those 12 leaders that said, you know what, we should go up and we should take this land right now. The Lord is with us. I don't even know what we're waiting for. We got this. And guess what? There were the two that walked into the promised land. And so let's, let's pull some truths from, from this scripture and from this passage, right? The first truth is that we need to intentionally focus on the Lord. Don't look at the enemy. Don't look at the circumstances. Intentionally focus on the, on the Lord. And how do we do that? We do that by being in his word. Again, we all have these prior circumstances. We all have current circumstances. We all have history that informs how, the, how, how we should look at the world, that, in, that teaches us how the world works, right? But Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind, what we believe, right? Be in the word so that those lies that are informing how we, that, that are making us, that are leading us to miss the mark are exposed so that we can begin to take a course of action that glorifies the Lord, that, that, that leads us to what the Lord is putting in our hearts, right? We have to be in the word. Um, with that said, the next, the next thing is another way to focus on the Lord, I should say, is to remember. Remember what the Lord has done. There's a psalm that says, I will remember the works of your hands. How much better would it have been if the Israelites had just remembered, you know what? Yeah, they have giants. Yeah, these guys are ferocious. But we just saw the Lord do some very amazing things on our behalf. And we have absolutely no reason whatsoever to doubt that he will do it again for us. And that's what we need to do in our own lives. How many of us have been pulled out of situations? How many of us can look at our lives right now and say, you know what? It's a miracle that we're even here. It's a miracle that I'm even able to complain about the things that I'm complaining about. Right? 
Remember that the Lord loves you, that the Lord has made you promises, that the Lord has promised to never leave you and never forsake you. And he didn't just say that once, he said that multiple times in the Bible. Remember, because when we remember and we remember how much the Lord loves us, then we're able to approach the, uh, the, the, the Lord with confidence. We're able to pray with specificity, which brings me back to the warfare prayers. A lot of us are in circumstances and we're in situations and we don't really know how to specifically pray for them. Well, the warfare prayers that start on page 43, they have some pretty specific prayers and ways that you can pray so that you are talking to the Lord and you are speaking into that circumstance and you are drawing near to the Lord in those circumstances. With that said, it's also important for me to point out that when you're reading this, there are going to be certain references to the enemy. And there are two camps, right? There are a few that are like, talk, talk to who? Why would I talk to the enemy on purpose? I don't even want to think about him, right? That's great. Acknowledge that he's there. Focus on Jesus. That's amazing. And then there's the other camp that's like, I know that the enemy is here. I know that he's messing with me. And the Lord gave me authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And so I'm going to take that authority and I'm going to and I'm going to stop talking to Jesus. I'm going to stop talking to the Lord and I'm going to start talking to the enemy. Not the way to go. <laughs> right. Uh, the Lord does say rejoice. Do not. The Lord says, do not rejoice that the spirit submit to you. Rather rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Right. The reality is that you don't need to spend two, three, five minutes talking to the enemy about how you're moving forward with your life, how you see through all of his lives and that he doesn't belong here. Because the reality is that he already knows that you're moving forward with your life, that he sees your lives and that he sees that you see his lies and that he doesn't belong here. That's why he's here. Stop focusing on the enemy and go back to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. And when you see the passages in this book that are referencing the enemy, know that you're not talking to the enemy in those moments, that you are talking to God. You are talking to the Lord. And that's where, that's where your power is. That's where, that's where the victory is. All right. Uh, with that said, obey. When you begin talking to the Lord, right, he's going to lay out your next steps. Even if the next step is to wait, to be still, he's going to lay out the next steps and obey those next steps. And a lot of times when we think about obeying, we think about obeying in terms of doing what we don't want to do because somebody else said so. And we forget that the Lord leads us, the Lord wants us to obey so that we can actually do the things and have the things that, that he's put in our heart to desire, right? The Israelites they wanted to get to the promised land. They didn't want to wander around the wilderness for 40 years, but they sabotaged themselves because they didn't believe the truth, right? And so obey. An example of this is, uh, I know a guy that's a business owner, and for years, he always just seemed to be just a step behind. He never really seemed to be able to, t to catch up. And he was one of the smartest guys, he had a great staff. He knew he had all of the pieces, but for some reason, he always seemed to be one step behind the market. And when he would talk to his friends that were in the world and other business owners, they would tell him, you need to empower your employees more. 
You need to delegate more. You need to hire a business coach. And all of that stuff was absolutely wonderful advice for the business world. And when he, but when he talked to his friends that were, because he is a believer, when he talked to his friends, they told him, you know what, I don't know about this whole business thing, but I see how you're struggling. And I really think that the Lord has put it on my heart that you should forgive your parents. And because he was so focused on his business, he wasn't in a place to forgive his parents until years later. And then finally, he forgave his parents. And what came out was that his father left him when he was still a child and that his mom spent what seemed like his entire youth convincing him that he would never amount to anything. And so now here he is owning this business and the, the saying that's in the world, success is the best revenge, became his mantra. That's what he lived by. And so when he made decisions for his business, he didn't make decisions for his business uh, for the, well, for the sake of his entire business. He didn't make the best decisions for his employees. He didn't even make the best decisions for himself. Every decision that he made was an act of vengeance toward his mother to prove her wrong. Well, the Lord says success is the best revenge. The Bible says revenge belongs to the Lord. And so when he forgave his parents, and I want to say that it's not like his friends knew that this forgiveness was going to open up everything that it did open up for his, uh, for his business. But when he, when he forgave his parents and when he believed the right thing, that success, I'm sorry, not the success, that revenge belongs to the Lord. And most importantly, that the Lord is the one that knew him before the foundations of the earth. The Lord is the one that loves him. And the Lord is the one that dictates his success. And he doesn't want anything but good things for his children. All of a sudden, he was able to see how to operate within his business more clearly. He obeyed. He took the next step, which was forgiveness. And the Lord did something that he, that he wouldn't have been able to anticipate, which is why it's so important to obey and to remember that the Lord isn't, tell, isn't always telling us to do something that we don't want to do because he said so. He's doing, he's asking us to obey, to obey because he knows what we want because he put it there. And he's telling us the absolute best way to accomplish, again, what he's put in our hearts. And know Right. The next step after you obey and you begin to take these steps in the Lord, know that you're going to see more resistance. And when you see more resistance, take claim your victory and don't claim your victory by saying I will be victorious. Be specific. Right. Pray the Lord's scripture. Pray the Lord's words. Pray the Lord's truth into your circumstances. Lord, expose the lies that lead me to take the course of action that I do not want to take. Lord, restore my marriage. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me forgive others. Be specific because in, in that specificity, then the Lord gets to go to work and you'll draw near to the Lord. And I'm not saying that's a requirement because it's not a requirement for him. The Lord can do whatever he wants to do. But a lot of times it's a requirement for us to be able to see what he's doing in our lives. Right. Um, because this is this is the reality right now. Someone's listening and they feel like they blew it. And not only do they feel like they just blew it, they they're realizing that they've been blowing it for the last decade, two decades, three decades. And because of that, they're taking on all of this shame and they're believing that they're destined to live this life just void of any joy, this sad, shameful, solid, uh, what do you call it, isolated life. 
And you need to remember that, that Jesus died for you, that he spilled his blood for you so that you can have a relationship with God so that when God tells you that if you come back to him and when you come back to him, even if you have been banished to the most distant lands under the heavens, from there, the Lord your God will gather you and he will bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your ancestors and you will take possession of it and he will make you more prosperous and more numerous than your ancestors. And when we say that, we're not just talking about material gain because Jesus did say store up riches in heaven, right? And so we're talking about the eternal riches that really do matter, right? Some of you are in circumstances and you're looking around you and everything around you tells you that this is not going to go well. And you have no idea how you're going to make any of this work. And you are afraid. You are scared out of your mind because the world's telling you that this is going to go bad. The enemy is telling you this is going to go bad. And you need to remember that the Lord loves you, that the Lord sent his son to die for you so that you can have a relationship with God so that when he tells you, take courage. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You know that he's talking to you. That promise applies to you. There are some of you that are out there that are in a situation where you're trying to do something that you've never done before. And you're hearing these voices. And according to the world, you're not capable. You're not cut out for this. You don't deserve this. You should give up and go home. Again, that's what the enemy's trying to get you to do. He's trying to get you to lose the fight before you even hit the battlefield. And you need to know Jesus died for you. He died for you to have a relationship with his father so that when he tells you, you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God prepared in advance for you to do, you know he's talking to you and that nobody on this planet can tell you who you are but God. And that's who God says you are. And so if you listen to this and you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, I hope you're realizing two things. One, one way or another, you are involved and you are engaged in the spiritual battle. And two, None of this works without Jesus. And I love you enough to say that. I know it's hard to hear. But without Jesus, all of this stuff that we're talking about here is just positive thinking. It's just philosophy and philosophy that you hear everywhere. And I'm not saying that you haven't had success with the affirmations, the world, that the way that the world presents them or the positive thinking, the way that the world presents it. But, you know, just like I know that there's something missing. There's someone missing, and that someone is Jesus. And so if you're ready to commit your life to the Lord and really dig deep and realize the life that the Lord has called you to live, then pray this prayer with me. Jesus, in your precious and holy name, I thank you. I thank you for loving me enough to make the sacrifice that you've made for me so I can have a relationship with God. Please, Lord, forgive my sins and I receive your forgiveness. 
I receive your love. And again, I thank you. From this day forward, I dedicate my life to you in your precious and holy name. If you just made that decision to join the Lord, congratulations. Uh, at the end of this, you'll hear uh, all of the various ways that you can connect with someone so that you can find out about your next steps. Uh, for those of us that are believers, I didn't forget about you. I'm going to pray for you too. Jesus, in your precious and holy name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you love us so much that you gave us your Holy Spirit so that we can go out and we can do your will, so that we can go out and we can glorify you, so that we can go out and realize your joy, which is your strength. We pray, Lord, that with this, with this information and with this knowledge that, we, that you lead us to go out and, lead, and be a light and to lead more and more people to you and that we continue to be filled by your Holy Spirit, to be filled by your power, and that we believe in you, Lord. We believe in you and we, we rely on you to guard our minds and to guard our hearts so that we act according to the truth and do your will. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. It doesn't take long to realize, especially after you give your life to Christ, and you start to just understand a little bit more about how the world works. It doesn't take long to realize that there is something else at play here, that, that we truly are not just, we're truly not battled. The battle truly isn't against flesh and blood, but there are these spiritual elements happening simultaneously while the natural is happening and, and and to be honest the spiritual was happening way before the physical even came to be and now we are a part of a uh, we're a part of a battle that's been happening before we even existed and will continue happening until <laughs> you know and a part of the way we engage in this battle is through prayer like yes it's it's the way we connect with God and we just communicate with him about things but we also are part of the fight where we are a part of the good fight of faith of the good fight that is the good news of Jesus and learning how to pray specific prayers Learning how to pray specific prayers to engage this battle the right way is so crucial to our faith. So I'm so excited that Greg shared this message today because I believe it's something that we just have to understand as believers. It's something we have to understand as Christians. Like this is, this is our, this is actually our role to fight against the evil nature of this world, to win souls to Christ, to win souls to the kingdom of heaven. So I'm super glad that Greg, Greg, that was a powerful message. Thank you for sharing that, brother. Listen, if you just gave your life to Christ, if something resonated with you, and you're like, yeah, I want to be a part of this team. I want, I want to help you guys move the ball down the field, and I want to be used. I, I, I want to live out my life's purpose. We want to say thank you. We're, we're, look, we're so happy for you. We're celebrating with you right now. We really can't wait to see all that God can do and will do in you and through you. So just go ahead and let somebody in the comments right now. Let them know that, hey, I just gave my life to Christ. And somebody from our team will get you connected on your next steps. For the rest of us who were challenged by this message, you know, I would say it good. <laughs> my hope is that every week, 
everyone walks away feeling like they were challenged to go one step deeper in their faith uh, than they were maybe when we first started watching this message about an hour ago. And I would say, take it into prayer now. Take that challenge, that wrestle into prayer. Find that place where you like to just get along with God and say, you laid this on my lap, now what do I do with it? That is a good feeling because if we're not being stretched, if we're not being challenged, we really can't grow. And God, you know, healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. And so don't reject that feeling. Embrace that feeling and say, okay, God is challenging me. I really want to... I really want to figure out how I can now apply this to my life. And listen, you can go ahead and also connect with us. We will help you take those next steps for anybody wanting to connect, whether you just gave your life to Christ or you, you've been challenged and now you're trying to figure out what to do with that. You can text Coastline Connect to 555-888 or you can just drop a comment right now in the chat or find us online at coastlinechurch.org. Either way, we got a team of people ready to connect and help you take your next steps. Thank you guys for joining us this week for Church Online. It always is a privilege and an honor to spend some time with you. We really can't wait to see you guys next week. Don't forget to bring a friend Sundays at 10 to church online. See you guys.